Manchester City are still alive here. Balotelli, Aguero! Welcome everyone to the Turf Football Podcast. Turf Football is a digital platform that covers all aspects of football. We have a team of graphic designers, writers, editors, analysts and video editors from all parts of the world. Follow us on our social media if you haven't already. Link is in the description. And we also have a Fantasy Premier League. So you can follow us on our social media for more information on that. Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Turf Football Podcast. So moving on to the second topic that we're going to be discussing, which is the uh, CAS overturning the UEFA ban on Manchester City. I think this was something that is very recent and even though all the details have not been revealed and they probably wouldn't be, but this is still something that we that we need to discuss because there's a lot of, uh, you know, allegations of oil money ruining football and like uh, big investments coming in from investors and just... Uh, ruining it for all the little clubs that are there who probably don't have such big investors and how how actually ffp was enacted as a good measure and how it has been completely uh, sidelined by all these big clubs who have just found ways around it so for that we need to have a sense of the timeline of how the man city trial actually went and what sanctions were implemented so just to give you an idea uh, there were instances where it is alleged uh, that Man City forged documents and sponsorships to inflate uh, the income that they were getting uh, between the time periods of 2012 and 2016. This is important because uh, you have a statute of limitations on the whole thing, which is also one of the points that CES brought up. So that is a important thing to keep in mind. Uh, so there were several infractions from 2012 to 2016, which said, uh, there were several underreported sponsorship deals. Whenever there occurred a problem, suddenly sponsorship drills, uh, sponsorship deals would prop up that would, uh, you know, secure that deficit that Manchester City were having in their books. And there were several shell corporations for to the same effect that would constantly fund Manchester City funds uh, that would keep them afloat and have positive books uh, for the FFP rules. Uh, this all was actually uh, whistleblown by Der Spiegel article in 2018, which is when UEFA got note of it due to a hacker leaking uh, private emails of Manchester City uh, board and uh, club members. And uh, from that point on, UEFA uh, start opened an investigation. Uh, Manchester City wasn't uh, too cooperative with it. And all in all, uh, allegations seem to be true and uefa then sanctioned a ban for two years of barring manchester city from playing in the champions league and also imposing a 30 million dollar fine along with it uh, of course man city said the evidence was tainted and said it was a vendetta against them by uefa uh, and then they uh, appealed to cas the court of arbitration for sports uh, who overturned the decision in very recent history uh, to reduce the fine to 10 million and to completely remove uh, the ban from Champions League. Now that we have the timeline established, let's just go around the table and have like our initial thoughts on the entire situation. All right. So the initial allegation, the allegation was that, as Abhay said very clearly, that they masked their equity investment as sponsorship deals 
right so that is what man city actually did uefa uh, allegedly did uefa uh, said this uefa uh, find them saying that they were wrong in a lot of aspects they have violated ffp clearly so the things that we need to see is that why did cas overturn the decision on what ground all right so most of the allegations were dismissed by cas because of the timeline they said that the allegations that uefa has brought against man city was before 5 years now this 5 year timeline is defined differently by uefa and cas uefa defines this 5 year timeline as when they opened the investigation to when they gave the decision and cas defines this 5 year timeline as when the actual crime was committed to the decision that uefa gave so this timeline that cas defined uh, uh, uh because of this man city were man city were uh, relieved of a lot of their allegations another point that cas actually mentioned was inconclusive evidence which the details of which is not really in public domain by that evidence was exactly inconclusive also a lot of the uh, documents as abhe again abhe mentioned that the actual whistle uh, the actual whistle blower after der spiegel was a hacker who leaked private emails so that was a privacy concern that man city actually uh took uh, man city actually mentioned in the cs cs took note of it and then uh uh gave their decision accordingly so this is something that we really need to ponder about given everything we should respect the decision of the court anyway uh i think they made a fair decision on the court's behalf given inconclusive evidence and they were fined 10 million i think that's the right number right they were fined 10 million <laughs> for uh not cooperating with cfcb and giving up fake books like cooking the books for example and given the evidence that they had and the hackers issue right the he leaked the emails emails are the leaked emails are inadmissible that launched an investigation but they weren't in the evidence as far as i know so i think we should respect the court's decision Before I get into any technicalities, I just want to say I'm genuinely very, very pissed with what has happened. This is not how football goes. This is how not how things go. City who have were fined ten million. So basically, you're telling me that you can go and spend three fifty million in the market, then buy a David Luiz and get out of it. That's what you're telling me. You're telling me that if you don't have oil in your bank, you're not going to survive. You're telling me if you don't have a have a whole country owning your club you're not going to survive this is not how football goes and bet getting back to those emails that the people are talking about i want to mention the exact statement that man city gave after uh, the emails were came out man city never actually denied those emails they said that those emails were used out of context and they never actually said that the emails are false so i think we need to take this into account moreover in when in 2014 uefa and man city came to an agreement and they were fined for breaching their financial fair play rules that means that manchester city did something wrong and now the court of arbitration of sports says that man city is completely clean has nothing and then the 10 million they get fined for that's basically for not cooperating in the investigation so man city so what cs is saying is man city has done nothing wrong as far as ffp or as far as financially uh financially breaching the rules is concerned and that's what i'm really really pissed about
again there are some points that one one shared which i would like to contradict first of all the cas never said that manstri did nothing wrong the things that cas uh, the thing the reasons that i just gave because of which cas uh, uh, relieved manstri of their crimes the timeline which is 5 years they gave the dif different definition of the timeline as well as inconclusive evidence so these two things are i think that we should we need to he held ufo responsible here for bringing this investigation so late which is crossing the timeline of 5 years as cas has men mentioned also not also not uh, uh, giving thorough evidences like uh, they just used those uh, hacked emails Uh, as a major point of building their case right so i think that ufi is just as much to blame here as we are blaming cs yeah so i i i i actually agree that ufi is definitely at fault here because when it comes to uh, arguing a case on court and especially something that is cs which is basically an arbitration court uh, the narrative that you present is something that is very important which is why i am even more angered by the possibility that man city brought out a uh, even more money to fill up their lawyers and present a better narrative that that is the main issue so they just solved money problems with more money and that that is essentially also what i am angry with because if you look at the idea of it being non uh, inconclusive evidence and the statute of limitations it it is actually very funny because uh coming to the main sponsorship deals uh, most of the deals happened uh, to 2013 to 2000 uh, 16 uh, where only one of the sponsorship deals was mentioned in 2012 and coming to that timeline if you look at the uh, investigation opening for which manchester city by the way was super uncooperative it opened in 2018 making the statute of limitations 5 years still relevant so if let us say manchester city had been cooperative and you know lent them the books and opened up uh, what was actually happening uh, responded to the uh, emails uh, and i think the details of those emails are actually something that has very important and i think i'll go into it further down the line but uh, flagging it at the onset uh, is the fact that uh, the statute of limitations still held at that point the fact that manchester city could drag this on for another 2 years and before ufa could come to a decision is what ended ma majority of ufa's case and I, i think that's a big problem and then the another narrative that they brought on which is which is completely due to them buying pr them putting out a uh, good members of repute in different communities to influence the decision is the idea that ufo wanted vengeance from manchester city and it had a vengeful reaction to everything manchester city had done and i think that played a lot into the uh, evidence part where it was deemed inconclusive and inadmissible evidence when there are clear signs to show that manchester city did not follow financial rules that would be a criminal offense in any actual law leave ffp out of it and uh, i think that's my major problem with it definitely pr had a role to play but one thing that you mentioned is that man city not cooperating and thus the statue of limitation uh, the uh, uh, statue of limit uh, limitation being exceeded so i think that the uf that ufa was basing their case on hacked emails right hacked emails so uh, i don't think so that man city is fault is at fault here for not cooperating if you are building a case against a club by violating their privacy then obviously you can't expect that particular club to co to cooperate with you they would definitely resist 
Um, what I think as law works is that uh, UEFA did not hack those emails. It was a whistleblower who was arrested and then uh, had to face a trial on it on his own for the crimes that he had committed and is now in jail by the way uh, and the evidence that they received out of it is actually admissible because they did not have any part in getting it in any normal court that is how evidence law works there was a proper chain of custody there was no actual poisoning of the fruit argument and so like essentially that evidence was stand and evidence as damning as uh club executive simon pierce say we should we could do a backdated deal for the next two years paid up front to make up for the deficit that we have which which essentially says a backdated deal is cooking the books to an extent where you're just filling up money from your oil sponsors to cover up any deficit or any loss that you might have and continuing to spend spend and splurge Given that Manchester City were considered guilty and they were fined 10 million for it, I think that's a fair punishment. They are going to be fined 100 million and be driven into bankruptcy. That's not what CES wants or UEFA. That's that's what they want. So I think 10 million was a pretty good fine for what they did, and they were guilty of financial fair play, breaching financial rules, and I think that's a fair punishment. Keeping all that aside, Man City did have a argument about UEFA having an agenda against them. I I think that there is kind of some truth to that because uh, see AC Milan did exactly what Man City was accused of by UEFA for doing right, and they were given a ban of one year in 2018, right? And it has been a precedent, all right, for a crime like this. One year is a punishment which has been given in the past as well, and in as recent as 2018 as well to AC Milan, and still Man City for the same crime was given a punishment of two years. right so that kind of does show some kind of bias bias against the club actually actually that is factually incorrect because uh, ac milan had uh, one infraction while manchester city posted several infractions through four years of the tenure so uh, essentially uh, manchester some manchester city committed the same crime let us say seven times uh, then to ac milan's one and and, and coming to the point where uh, sharo said they 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 could have find 100 million and put manchester city into bankruptcy i i i think we all know that's false because of the oil money that they have they could easily fund other funnel another 100 million through botched sponsorships and backdating sponsorships to just fucking fund the club continuously again and again and just play of the oil money until they win championships i do have this problem i have a problem with this term oil money i mean you can talk about individual owners owning a club which is wrong but why do you have this problem with oil right even chelsea is owned by a single individual who is a billionaire he has maximum equity investment in the club so <laughs> why are we talking about man city as if uh, a people who is who has a lot uh, who has a lot of oil money owning them is something wrong right So we should give that bit of respect to them. We uh, keeping that aside. Yes, we should discuss their crimes, and yes, we should actually criticize them for that. But this oil money term should not be thrown around like this. I am glad you asked, Tushar. I am actually glad you asked. Uh, I mean, yeah, they they are supposed to provide investments and find opportunities. That is the part of owning a club. And 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 I'm glad you asked, Tushar, why the term oil money. it is because manchester city went from being a club to a conglomerate of uh, different shell corporations and uh, different companies opened up uh, various you know consulting firms that were opened up different sponsorships coming up 
all due to the oil money that was brought in. So it 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 went from being a normal club which had a normal structure to a club that was supported by the oil money that it got by various cell corporations. Uh, you know, completing the deficit that it had year year after year after year, and that not really being a part of a part or a play of FFP because they always got out on a technical difficulty or that was so well hidden that you couldn't backtrace it back to oil money. Which was which was what was essentially exposed in the emails by which is why the hacker uh, took such a big risk uh, and actually made those emails public. See, again, as I said, the crimes that Man City committed that should be kept aside from this term oil money. Uh, it is not just for Man City. This term is thrown around for PSG as well. And the problem that I have is that we have we are starting this discussion only in this decade. Meanwhile, a club like Chelsea, which was again as you mentioned, a normal club. Went from being a normal club to being owned by a single oligarch, a billionaire in 2004. So that is exactly what happened with Chelsea as well. So why are we having this discussion only in this decade? Again, as I said, Man City did commit some crimes for which they should be criticized. Chelsea's owner did not get Russian sponsorships for the club. Chelsea's owner did not inject extra money through those sponsorships into the club. All right. And, and if you want to bring Chelsea in, Chelsea was banned was banned for a similar thing and Chelsea served that ban properly. Chelsea went to CAS. Chelsea went to CAS. Their, be, their appeal got rejected. Every club, the, all the big clubs in Spain have served the ban. Barcelona has served the ban. Real Madrid. Why is it only that Manchester City has the power, has the power to overturn, overturn an investigation that has been going on for six long years now? Which I think you're confusing a transfer ban with a European uh, tournament ban. Those those clubs have served transfer bans throughout, uh, like Chelsea have served multiple transfer bans over the last like 10 years or 15 years. That's, I don't know why that is, but because they were find, found guilty of something. And like, like I said, Manchester City was found guilty of something and then they were fined 10 million for that. And UEFA fined them 10 million and they went to CAS to overturn the ban for their European tournaments. Which they did because of inconclusive evidence. I, I, I kind of wrap up what I feel about the entire situation. I, I, I feel like this is where we are headed to where it's a problem. Uh, is the fact that uh, Manchester City used better legal resources to get rid of a problem that was prominent and blatantly uh, violating all rules of financial fair play. Uh, it 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 spent money to create a narrative of vengeance, and it, it spent money on the legal team to create a narrative that supported them, saying the evidence is inadmissible. While while the truth was entirely out there, and it, it is pretty blatant that they they have committed such crimes. They used uh, legal technicalities to get off on the crimes they committed uh, by by being super uncooperative with UEFA as well, uh, which is in itself uh, one of the major reasons they were fined because CAS was uh, unable to find conclusive evidence saying that they, they, they basically couldn't convict Manchester City of the crime. So, so CAS in the small statement that they provided, uh, which was to be followed up soon by, you know, some, uh, <laughs> some standard uh, by an actual detailed analysis onto why they gave that decision which is still not coming to the public sphere and, and i don't think it will uh, by any chance because manchester city will just appeal and get it 
done into private sphere so that they don't really have to answer for their crimes as they have generally done and and i think that's my major problem with it using technical legal te- uh, using legal technicalities to get out of a blatant crime again i don't think so that anybody would disagree that manchester city did commit a wrong doing uh, that i guess is blatant and everyone knows that the thing is that the legal technicalities that you talked about the thing that we actually need to work upon is why this should not happen again why a club should not get around these legal technicalities to uh, uh, escape punishment like manchester did in this uh, in this occasion why ffp should be strengthened and why uefa sh- should be swift in their uh, investigation and not breach uh, the five year span that there is so that is something that i think the organizations need to take care of in future i i, I agree i think ffp is a discussion for another day but uh, because because we have already kind of lengthened uh, the discussion and kind of covered i think most of the aspects regarding the uh, you know the entire cs overruling I, I i think i think we just sum it up and uh, leave it to the viewers to actually give us their views and uh, tell us what they think about the cas ruling and whether the decision that cas made was um, honestly correct which is which is of course something that uh, i think most of us are unaware of because the entire full details of that decision still haven't been made public which is i think one of the biggest issues is the transparency in ffp uefa and cas decision making is just so low that uh, it's difficult for the public or anyone else to actually have an idea of what's going on behind the curtain. 